Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. We are at hump day. You know how I love a hump day. You know how it's getting closer to the end of the week. Oh, Lordy, you guys, we have so much to talk about. So many good things to talk about. Obviously, I want to cover a little bit from yesterday and remind you guys that on Wednesdays, I release Patreon, which today... Today's episode is going to have a lot of behind-the-scenes Bravo content, a lot of behind-the-scenes on my Teddy interview yesterday, things I think you guys are going to be interested in, um, and then just some other stuff that's happened, like kind of behind-the-scenes-ish that I don't want to talk about on the show. Um, it's it's always a fun episode. You have access to all the old episodes. I actually have to schedule our next happy hour. I think I'm going to try to do it for next Friday. Pretty sure. I have to look at my calendar and get a good date. But we um, we have some fun things coming up over there. Thank you guys so much for saying hello. And for those of you that left nice comments and appreciative comments on yesterday's episode, that meant the world. So just so you guys know, interviewing Teddy Mellencamp is a risk. And I say that like totally not being facetious or sarcastic. And I'll get more into it later. But it's incredibly... Um, it's just got the most insane amount of haters out there. That is actually a little concerning. You could say like, well, you know, some people hate and all press is good press or whatever. But I've never been on the receiving end of that. And my Facebook, my YouTube comments weren't that bad. I mean, there were some, but I released a TikTok, just like a little clip of it of her explaining her comment and I put it on TikTok. And when I tell you hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of negative comments, like really mean negative comments. And it makes me question a few things. It makes me question what people would say to her if she was in real life versus what they would say on a computer. For example, like, you know how we were talking about yesterday, we were talking about Tom Sandoval. And when Tom was on stage at BravoCon. He got booed like crazy. But then off stage, people were just bum rushing him to get a picture. And I don't think it's so much about getting a picture, like a hate picture. I think people actually really like these people in person, but it's almost like public opinion is a mob style situation. So I get both sides. I really do. Either way, it was controversial. It was something to try. And I'm really glad I did it. Um, and I also think it's important to have an open mind and not only listen to people that you're obsessed with. And though for those of you that are saying, basically, I am unfollowing you. I, I got a comment yesterday that was so unhinged. I can't even like put into words. It said something along the lines of, I have watched every single show of yours for nine months, but I have to unfollow you now because you put Teddy on your show. I'm sorry, what? Uh, guys, I tried to be really clear about this yesterday. I posted something about this. I I am not here to 
try to pacify everyone because that is an impossible task, right? As a podcaster, you have to do things that are not going to be for everyone. Do you think everyone likes every guest that's on, you know, Joe Rogan or call her daddy or, um, uh, bitch sesh or watch what crap ends or any of those, well, watch what crap ends doesn't really have guests, but any big podcast out there is going to have guests that you're not going to be a huge fan of every single week. And that being said, like it would be so sad to completely turn off the host just because they're listening and opening their eyes up to something that they didn't necessarily that wouldn't 100% align with their audience. Thank you so much, BC. She says, negative comments say nothing about who you and Teddy are, but say everything about who the commenter is. Thank you for your unbiased co coverage. I'm okay with negative comments. I really am. Thank you so much, by the way. I am okay with it. And I really do encourage your feelings and your opinions. I just think it's interesting when someone is like, I will never, ever support the show again because... and. It would be one thing if I came on the show, the host, me, and said, I think, and like said something absolutely incredibly awful, like something, you know, that was morally horrible about, you know, something criminal or whatever. Then I can see you saying like, I'm not supporting you anymore, Johnny, because you're an awful human being, but I'm still me. So I'm good. Like, I'm just Ken. Okay. I'm just Ken. Everybody else is just a 10 or what is that? <laughs> I feel like we can be people that can listen to all kinds of people. And that's like the fun thing about this podcast, like having people like Zach Peter on my show or Sarah Frazier on my show or Kate Casey, or she speaks Bravo. It's like every time I have a guest on my show, there's always going to be a comment saying this was awful. I'm unfollowing. It's so confusing to me. Whatever. We're going to have, uh, you know, fun no matter what on the show. Donna, Daily Dose of Donna is Daily Dose of Donna. And sometimes we'll get a guest in here and there. But I really liked Teddy's interview. I thought it was a good one. I thought we heard a lot. And I will give you details of why I didn't ask a few questions that I know a lot of you wanted to know. I'm going to get some, um, I'm going to go into all of that later on Patreon because there is, there's some stuff to talk about there. But before that, you guys, we have to get into some news stories. Did you guys hear about Lindsay Hubbard on Nick Vile's podcast today? I don't personally listen to Nick Vile on a weekly because it's a really long show. It's like over two hours every week. But, um, but when he has a good guest, I always tune in. So he's had some really good guests in the past talking about like the Vanderpump stuff or whatever. And he had um, Lindsay come on his show to talk about the breakup with Carl. And I don't know why all of a sudden she is feeling, you know, either maybe she's feeling more healed so she can talk about it, or maybe she got some sort of approval from Bravo now that she can talk about it. Because I don't know if you guys know this, Bravo's really tough about who they allowed to interview. I know during Vanderpump Rules, like a lot of the cast couldn't really talk about it unless it was their own show, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought, okay, so Lindsay was on the show. Here's my, okay. Hmm. I have never personally loved Carl. If you watch my show or listen to my show now for months and months and months, I call him paint dry Carl. I find him incredibly boring to watch on TV. Um, I thought he was boring even when he was drinking and a, an asshole. I just never found the appeal. I never thought he was like a smoke show or anything like that. It's just not my type. Um, I saw a lot of pictures of him at BravoCon today uh, over the weekend, and he's super, super skinny, tall, and wears tight pants. Like, it's just not, he's not my type personally. He ain't no Craig, if you know what I mean. 
So he, when he started dating Lindsay, obviously we kind of saw it coming because it's been years and years that they've been really close and they were hooking up and then, you know, kind of tried to date and broke up and whatever. But there is a, you know, when they got together, I liked it for the idea that I thought it was a cute fairy tale situation. Like, oh, best friends that are now in love. But I never saw it. I never saw the connection. I never saw the chemistry. I don't think, like, I don't see Carl having chemistry with really anyone, to be 100% honest. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it. But, but, um, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I can't, I'm not in these people's shoes. There's a lot of people, but I see chemistry with people with Kyle. Like I see chemistry with people that aren't necessarily my type either. Something about Carl just doesn't speak like sexy. <laughs> I don't know. I just never really got their relationship. And I was worried a little bit for Lindsay just because I don't mind Lindsay myself. A lot of people are not Lindsay fans, but I don't mind her. I always thought she was a little bit unfairly treated by the the girls, the um, bedsore sisters or whatever they're called. But I think that, you know, Lindsay's brought some really great TV for Summer House, I think without Lindsay, that show is a little bit, you know, edging on boring. I mean, are you watching Winter House? It's boring, like beyond. So I think Lindsay is a needed character. And um, last season was just like kind of hard to watch her being like, babe, 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 with, with him, babe, babe. And then they're falling in love with each other every second and just wanting, you know, I felt like he brought her down a little bit. I felt like he made her feel bad about just being herself. And you could kind of get feelings like this. She also didn't love that he wasn't supporting her last season when Kyle was going after her. It just felt a little bit off the whole Danielle drama. But then we know that they went to go, you know, they were portraying this happy, loving, perfect engaged couple all over the podcast scene. I know they were on a bunch of podcasts. They were talking about their wedding. They were having all the, you know, bachelorette parties and the, not bachelorette, but like the bridal shower and everything. And then of course they were planning to get married in November and he break up, he broke up with her on camera after they had wrapped. So we knew all of that and Lindsay finally opened up all about it. So here's some things that we found out. Here's some like kind of standouts. And if I miss anything, you guys let me know, but there's some notes, you know. So basically their relationship was never perfect. It wasn't like, you know, they definitely had their honeymoon period, which I think a lot of people do. But it was never always perfect, especially once the novelty wore off. She said that he was going through a lot with, um, you know, family stuff and with lover boy stuff. He was working for Kyle's company, remember, and he's sober. And so they started to have some issues, but that just could be, by the way, Lance and I went to couples therapy before we were, no, when we were engaged, we totally went to couples therapy. And I actually believe that it really helped our relationship. Like couples therapy is fantastic. So I don't think there's any red flags of that, but they did start couples, um, therapy about a year into their relationship. Um, she said basically what happened was there were some issues that were kind of popping up through the summer, but it really kind of came to a head towards the end of the summer. She said the last couple of weeks before the summer was getting like a little bit tricky. He, um, he started fighting with her. He started giving her a hard time about not being, um, 
about asking too many questions. So basically what was happening was he was struggling a little bit financially figuring out what's next because of lover boy. And she started to ask him about, you know, their financial future and about they were planning on having kids. And she was saying how kids are so expensive. No shit. I mean, it's crazy. It's the most expensive thing ever. And, um, and he basically like lost it on her and said that he is not down to have a wife that's going to be asking him questions. Now, remember, this is all Lindsay's side, but he's not down to have a wife that's going to ask him questions. He wanted her to just like be a submissive partner. And she's, you know, Lindsay told Nick, what do you think I am? Who do you think I am? You've known me for years and years. I am not just going to, I've never been the one to just sit and let you lead the game. So this happens so much in relationships. Even with Teddy yesterday, we talked about the dynamic shifting. And, you know, when someone starts a relationship with just say a power couple where both are working really hard and working their asses off, you know, both are making money. And then all of a sudden the husband wants the wife to stay home and then wants them to be treated like the submissive partner who doesn't really have a say because they're not bringing anything, contributing financially, et cetera. So there's always kinds of things like this, but this is a little bit weird because Lindsay was always this way. Lindsay was always this outspoken, loud reality type character. So it's very weird that all of a sudden he was like, that's not okay. That's not what I want. I don't like that. I've never been down for that. Lance has once tried to pull that with me. Like, I wish you weren't. So, you know, honestly, because I do think I have a little bit of a Lindsay side in me, which is basically like a fixer. And if you're going to co come to me and complain about something, I am going to, it's going to be hard for me to just sit back and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, do you need a hug? I'll do that, but my like my go-to is what can we do? How do we fix it? What can we say? What can we, let's try this, let's do this, let's go there. That's always been who I am, so I relate to Lindsay. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that. Um, so, Okay. So I guess the Sunday before, the weekend before Labor Day, which is when they wrapped filming, he insulted her. Like they got into a little bit of a fight and he didn't talk to her Sunday, Sunday night, I guess, Monday. And so Tuesday came around and she, I think this was Tuesday, she decided to go see Barbie with Gabby. And she was obviously thinking things were not great, but she got a uh, email or a call or a text or something from production with Carl on it saying, we're going to be shooting tomorrow. And she had no idea what it was about. But when she came home from the movie, he was in the guest room, lights off, door closed. And she thinks it's because he was trying to avoid talking about what he knew he was going to talk about the next day. Because remember, he called production and said, come and shoot this breakup. She um, went into his room the next morning and she asked him, you know, right before production came, like, what's going on? Why are we shooting? And he flipped out on her. She said that he was like so mad at her saying, "You're if you're never going to change, we're not getting married. I'm calling this off. And he basically said, I'm very close to canceling the wedding. And then all of a sudden when they broke up, you know, when cameras came, it just kept getting heightened and kept getting heightened and he broke up with her. And apparently he was yelling. He was, they were very emotional and he wanted her to beg to be with him. But she was like, I'm not effing begging you. So then she immediately went to her room, called her dad, and then just like went into hiding. She went to a girlfriend's house and then all her girlfriends come, came together and, um, and like tried to, you know, work it out. She says, you know, the way women do, um, you know, 
Um, you know the way women are and you know the way women are kind of feeling uh, like we're private investigators. And so they said they sat down and like tried to go through every single thing that happened and tried to figure it out. She doesn't think he cheated. She doesn't think, you know, anything big happened. She just doesn't think that he's, you know, mature enough and how to, com he doesn't know how to communicate. He doesn't know how to really go deep with his feelings. And he's just kind of a surface guy. And I think that in hindsight, she said that there was a lot of things she ignored. And part of that was the fact that he was never really in a relationship on camera. That This was not, you know, he was not a relationship guy. He didn't have a lot of long-term girlfriends at all. Um, I guess before she went to the Bahamas trip for her bachelorette with all her girlfriends, even though it wasn't a bachelorette anymore, he uh, he sat down with her and he tried to tell her that he didn't set up the cameras, but like, what BS is that? Um, I guess he wanted to cancel the wedding, but not break up, but the conversation spiraled into a breakup. So basically she was like, he said, like, let's hold off on getting married. And she's like, I'm not staying with you if we're not getting married. This is crazy, which I get. Like they're in, they're well into their thirties. If you're not ready to get married, there's something bigger. Danielle, of course, uh, wasn't, you know, putting it in her face, but obviously they're very close, Danielle and Lindsay and Carl has taken Carl's side and Amanda is on both their sides. We saw pictures with Lindsay and Amanda, um, over the weekend. So I feel like they're very together and fine. He moved out, but stuff is still there and he still pays rent which is pretty crazy. And they're staying in that big apartment until June of 2024 because she they have a lease and she's not planning on moving out. And that's like a $13,000 a month apartment, I think. Um, and she hasn't really hooked up with anyone yet, but I'm sure she's gonna fast. And now she feels a little bit calmer or whatever uh, and a little bit more over it. I'm curious what you guys think. I think personally, I think Carl, like I said, I'm not a huge fan. I've never been a huge fan. Um, it's not for like nothing he's done to be horrible. It's just not, he's not my cup of tea. I think he's dealing with probably a lot of stuff kind of under the surface that he's not ready to deal with yet. So I don't know. If you're not married, if you're not ready to get married at 38, then you're not ready to get married to that person. You know what I'm saying? I just think that it's, uh, you know, it's a very odd odd relationship there. And there's, and it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. And they're just, they weren't a good fit. I think they were trying to make it work. How many times does that happen where you try for a relationship to work? Cause it on paper, it just makes more sense, you know? Oh, he was horrible. The first four seasons, he was an asshole. Michelle says, yeah. Um, he definitely was, I guess just never really paid that much attention to him. Isn't that kind of weird? I was more interested in the girls' stories. I was more interested in Kyle and Amanda. Carl was always kind of boring to me. I did love, I did love that whole arc about with his brother and stuff when I saw some vulnerability, his mom. I thought all that stuff was always really cute. But anyway, I think they're better off without each other and we'll have to see what happens with Carl. I guess he was on Captain Lee's podcast, but I haven't listened. Are you guys listening to those podcasts? I, I I feel like I just need the cliff notes on some of these things. Um, what other news? There was a couple other news. Oh, Thomas Ravenel, you guys, let's talk about Southern Charm for just a moment. I'm gonna preface it with this. I love Southern Charm and I love the cast of Southern Charm, plus like Cameron, who's no longer on the show, and Naomi, who's no longer no longer on the show. But I have absolutely zero interest in. Catherine Dennis, and Thomas Ravenel. 
They were great on the show, first couple seasons. It made Southern Charm Southern Charm. Like without that Thomas Catherine storyline, or at least Thomas, I don't believe the show would have been as much of a hit. I do think Thomas was like a really good part of Southern Charm. Because remember, Craig was just like some young kind of flailing dude. And all of them really were other than kind of Cameron. I think Cameron had her shit together and Whitney. But Thomas was the crux of that show. Now, he is an awful human being. Okay. There is nothing about Thomas that I'm saying right now in a positive way. I hope you guys know that when I say this. But basically what happened was, I don't know if it was yesterday or a few days ago. Well, actually, let's like back up. A couple weeks ago, Thomas, I mean, Catherine Dennis, who was on Southern Charm for many seasons on and off, and she basically had a um, a huge run in with the law with, you know, drugs and alcohol. They got divorced. They had their kids. There was a big custody. I don't know the like exact story what happened, but it it was just, it was, it was very dicey and it just felt very bad for the kids involved. Like there was just a lot of custodial issues and parental issues and uh, just not good. But basically, you know, Thomas, Thomas, who is just pretty active, I guess, still on Twitter and stuff. I don't know. I don't follow him, but this is, you know, where he's talking about all this stuff. He basically has, um, I'm wondering if he deleted the tweets because I'm not seeing the tweets on his feed. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious if, if he deleted it, but basically he did say something along the lines of, well, okay. Catherine Dennis, his ex and the mother of his children was involved in a hit and run car accident with like a security guard at their school. Now, I don't know, you know, what the details were on that. I do know that she is involved with it. So I haven't, you know, done my, my research on if she's getting charged for it. But all I want to talk about today is this comment that Thomas Ravenel, Ravenel made. So he basically slams again. I mean, this is not new. Catherine Dennis calling her the worst person in the world. So he was on X Twitter. When did he do it? Oh, he deleted the post. So it was Tuesday, November 7th yesterday. He said, the worst person in the world I know is Catherine Dennis and the total losers who make excuses and applaud her horrific behavior like Craig, Shep, and Austin. Total losers. I'm assuming he's referring to BravoCon. They were asked a couple of times about Catherine. I saw on the panel, I saw Craig, um, you know, answering something along the lines that they're still friends with her and they hope she can shoot again. Um, I don't really know what they see in her personally. I've never really liked her. I always just get a vibe, but I don't know. So then someone asked him why he chose to have children with her. And he said, damn good question. You got me there. Meaning he didn't really have an answer. Oh yeah. This came after Conover praised Catherine at BravoCon on the panel saying that everyone loves her and wants her to return to the show. Um, now, you guys have to remember, Thomas Ravenel is definitely not, you know, uh, uh, like a good guy all around. He's pleaded guilty to third-degree assault and battery in September 2019. He's had sexual assault allegations. He's, in, in, I don't know anymore, but on the show, he was such a heavy drinker. He just had a very, like, to be honest, in my opinion, a creep vibe. But they basically, they went back and forth. Um, he went back and forth on Twitter about this and he really went 
off on her. I wonder why he deleted it, if it's because of the kids hopefully not finding out down the line or what. I always feel so bad for people that publicly fight in with kids involved. Like, can you even imagine? My parents hated each other when I was growing up. There was such custody battles. We're talking, you know, court every single year until I was 18 years old. Thank God there wasn't Twitter or Instagram that I could right now Google and find out what my mom said about my dad to their 800,000 followers or vice versa more, right? Like the person that you care about the most. I feel bad for for all of them involved. I don't think Catherine is necessarily a mentally like super healthy or happy person just from what we've seen on the show. I definitely don't think Thomas is a good person, but you're just really setting up your family for failure. Like there's no reason that you have to post that, right? If you think that your kid is the, your ex-wife is the worst person in the world, like welcome to the club. How many people can say that about their exes? They're the worst person in the world, but you don't have to share it publicly when you're a public figure. And then Us Weekly is going to pick it up. And People Magazine is going to pick it up. And the blogs. And me. And Donna, Daily Dose of Donna. So I just hate that. I guess I'm attributing to the problem. Um, but that's what I do here. I, I guess I attribute to the problem. Oh my gosh, this is so random. But did you guys hear that Sean Bronwyn Wyndham Burke from Real Housewives of OC, she was the mom of like 14 kids, not really seven, who ended up getting sober and then became a later in life lesbian. And now she's married, I want to say, to someone else, a woman in a different state. I think she's in Nashville. I can't remember specifically. Well, he is basically now going to court saying, I am not paying that amount of child support anymore because Bronwyn does not spend any time with the kids. And I'm not really shocked about that if it's true because she lives in a different state. And I find that really weird that he's more of like the on like he's more of the hands-on dad because they think they're still all in California. Did you hear, did you hear who Sean Burke is now hooking up with? Adrena Patridge from the Hills. Yep. Adrena and Sean were kissing in a post that he posted. And he said something in the caption saying, when you know, you know. Guys, what? the F. Isn't that so interesting? Um, good for them. Audrina follows me on Instagram. Let me try to get her on my show and we'll get the, we'll get the scoop about that. Okay. You guys, let's move into some TV talk. Um, I'm going to start with Potomac because it happened on Sunday night, although I just finally watched it last night. And oh my God, am I glad for Potomac to come back. You guys, Potomac, Real Houses of Potomac is one of the best series. And I admit, my name is Donna Bowling and I'm an idiot because I fell off Potomac train for a couple of the seasons. I can't remember if we're on season seven right now of Potomac, but there was, there was a few seasons after I think three that I cut off Potomac. I don't know. I just wasn't it wasn't like my bandwidth wasn't there. And I am so glad that I am back on the Potomac train. And I spent the last two weeks really catching up and watching the entire last season. So the last season was Robin planning this marriage to Juan, um, this like secret Jamaica wedding and, you know, Mia and Wendy's big assault situation at a restaurant. 
turning into her going down on her or something. It was like such an insane, amazing season. I freaking love it. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, at the end of last season, at the end of the last season, here's how I feel about everyone. Without knowing any of the drama that happened off camera, without knowing anything really of the reunion or whatever, I will always love Karen, Grandom Karen. She is my goat, especially because I peed with her at the um, BravoCon bathroom. I love her. Love her. Love her. She's cute. She's so sweet. She's beautiful. So I'm a big Karen fan. Giselle is a little bit of a shit stir, but she doesn't bother me either way. I like Ashley. I think Ashley is so sweet with her kids. I think she's made some mistakes with her ex, but who hasn't? Candace, to me, goals. I don't know. There's something about Candace. She is so freaking cute. I was not a fan of Mia at all last season. And I like Wendy. So I think I covered pretty much all of the girls. This season opens up. And of course, what we hear about immediately, the big story is Robin and Juan. What are your guys' feelings? Do you think Juan is a husband that, uh, you know, is goals? Are you guys feeling confident that Juan hasn't cheated on Robin? Just curious. Okay. So I don't think Juan is going to be a, uh, is, is the greatest husband. We've seen like red flags in season one or two with Juan. So the whole story about Juan cheating, obviously there was the Canada where he bought someone a hotel room, which she's talked about. Then there was like being seen in a laundry room and then being seen at a nail salon, all of the th these things very suspect. And it makes me not, you know, be, I'm not that into Robin for this reason. It makes me question things about her, but also at the same time, if you're down for your husband to just like have these trysts and you're okay with it, that's fine. But I don't like the defending and, um, and like avoiding the question of it. You know, I don't like that. I, uh, I think that it's a, almost like you just have to say, well, listen, he's a wild guy and it's okay. Cause I love him and it's cool. Then just say that. But this whole story, you know, I realize this about Potomac. Potomac's main storyline is like the husbands cheating on their wives. Don't you guys feel like that? It feels like it's happening in every single couple. Almost every single couple, one of the storylines is, is he a good, faithful husband or not? Feels interesting. So, okay. Um, we see a little bit of Ron and Juan, Robin and Juan, Ron, Robin and Juan talking about it. And I didn't find this conversation to be, obviously, you guys, they've talked about this. This is just the on-camera conversation. They need to have it. But you know they've had this conversation a million times over. I just wish Juan would take a little bit more accountability for the fact that, like, what he's done could be hurtful. He's like, get over it. These women just need to get over it. I'm so over it. I don't care about them. I don't care. Da -da -da -da. And it bothers me because it feels like, if if there was a rumor, the room was about your husband, and we'll talk about the difference of like the rumors between Salt Lake City and um, Potomac. But if there's a rumor about your husband and if someone had a rumor about Lance, just say, and it hurt me and it wasn't true, I don't care if, you know, he's mad that it's out there. I just want him to know that it hurts me and he'll feel bad for me. For it. Like it, it felt like there was a lack of warmth. He's just pissed. He's just annoyed and angry, which makes him hate me, hate him, makes me hate him more. Okay. So compare his reaction to Sean, Angie's husband, who's, who was, uh, you know, had that rumor about sleeping with men. 
Then we have a cute little dinner between Karen and Candace and Dr. Wendy, where Dr. Wendy says, I don't want to drink alcohol. And then she says, okay, I guess I'll drink alcohol. Alcohol is a big thing. Notice both Wendy and Mia weren't drinking alcohol in this episode. Um, they were, of course, the big conversation was about Robin. They were wondering, Robin's not being honest. Robin and Karen have major beef. And they both felt if we, you know, if we can make our friendship work, we need her to be honest with us. I agree with that. I don't think I could be very good friends with a woman who I felt like was lying to my face um, about things at home. It just makes me feel like if they can lie about this, what else could they lie about? That's what I'm kind of thinking about that situation. Like, I wonder if I was friends with Robin. Now, what I really liked was towards the end of the episode when Giselle and Ashley and Sharice sat down with Robin. Obviously, this is an on-camera conversation, and it really is uncomfortable to have it on camera, but they had to. It's the elephant in the room. Producers probably said, you need to sit down with her and have this conversation about, like, what the F? Open up and tell us what's going on with your life and tell us the truth. You know, how do you feel about this? So I thought it was coming from a loving place, but I could see how Robin was just, you know, she's just mad. She's just frustrated because she does feel... I think Robin knows that Juan is doing it deep down, whether or not it's intentional or it was just a happened to be that he was nice and bought her the hotel room, which no man has ever done. <laughs> like what? And, um, or like he just went to go do the laundry just casually or just whatever, everything. It doesn't really matter. The point is like he can't, he shouldn't be doing any of this. And I think she knows that he's being a jerk and a dick and she has nothing else to say except like, fine, just like come at me. You've already hurt me enough. Just come at me. And she's taking out her anger. It's clear on other people when really she should be mad at Juan, right? Juan is just kind of a, he's just a jerk, right? I told you already, I don't like Mia and I'm going to stick to that. There's something in the way that she talks and her attitude last season was horrendous. I really am not a fan. Nothing about her makes me feel good and fuzzy and warm inside at all. I think she is shady McShady. And she, um, you know, we know that her and Gordon are no longer together, but in this episode, all we know is that they've lost all their money from their restaurants. Her husband's been kicked out of his businesses. There's so many rumors. If you go online on Facebook groups and stuff about what's going on over there, but their relationship always was shady. Like this whole thing with this, the other friend last year when, you know, she was like, yeah, we share men and we share women and hooked up with this person and I want to go down on you. And this, it's like, but you're married with kids. What is happening? Potomac takes things like to a new level. We think Salt Lake City is bad, but Potomac is like, all of them are hooking up, breaking up, cheating on each other. Like it's basically Vanderpump rules. We got Ariana and Lala in the backseat of a car with Raquel. I mean, it's just so much. Anyway, I thought it was a cute episode. I liked Ashley with her kids. You know what I loved about Ashley with her kids? She's such a cute mom, in my opinion, just from what I've seen. And raising two little boys is so damn hard for those of you that are out there that had two little boys at that age. They're so wild and they're so all over the place. And I spent so much time. I am alone when I had young boys because Lance's work schedule just took him out of town and worked all weekends that I really appreciate her, even though she did have a nanny and like, <laughs> she's like, I'm doing it all alone. And then they cut to the nanny. The editors on Potomac are just so good. All of these shows, they're so good. 
but she was so cute with her kids and that house is so cute. And I'm just like glad for her. And she calls her sons Booby and Booba. And I'll tell you something about this that felt very sweet. In Hebrew, I believe it's a Booba, a Booba. I could be wrong. Is it a teddy bear or a doll? I think it's a teddy bear. And so I grew up with my mom calling me Booby and Booba. Booba in Hebrew is doll. So she's calling him doll. I don't know how that name came to her, but I thought it was so cute, even if it wasn't intentionally for Hebrew. So that was Potomac. I'm excited for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's going to be good. Potomac is a great freaking show. I am, I stan Potomac. And Salt Lake City is also phenomenal. Honestly, between Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, and Potomac right now, and Miami, it's like, what did we do to deserve this amazingness? It's amazing. It's so good. Salt Lake City, did you guys watch it last night? I stand by this and I will say it until the time I go down. I think Monica is so problematic. And I know that between her and her mom, we had to choose Monica. But I think Monica is literally the worst. Worst. Her mom's bad, but she's real bad. Do you guys agree? I can't handle Monica. There's something about her that just really pokes my bear. It pokes me. So let's get into it. Angie and Monica start the episode off like playing nice, eating cake at a dessert place. Like it was so weird. Monica basically tried to ruin Angie's marriage by spreading all these rumors. And all of a sudden, Angie and Monica are having this like play nice lunch. Monica opens up about her relationship with her mom, which is such a sob story again. And I get it. It's shitty. Her relationship with her mom is shitty, but this bothers me so much because it, it, what it does with people like Heather and people now like Angie, it, it makes you sympathetic towards her and it makes you feel bad for her, which I do as well. Anytime you have a really effed up family life, but she's basically saying she has nothing to do with the problem. And I do not agree with this. I think she definitely is part of the problem. So they have this like sweet moment. So now we've seen a setup that Angie and Monica are now starting to be friendly again, which then we cut over to Lisa and Whitney and guys hate me if you want, but Lisa Barlow is my girl. I love her. I'm a Lisa Barlow stan. Every time I tweet at her, she tweets me back. There's something about her that is so entertaining to watch. I don't agree with all her choices. I think she's an out of control woman in so many ways, but I love Lisa Barlow. And Lisa and Whitney have this conversation. Oh yeah, there was no Marriott in, in the episode. I just thought of that. Lisa and Whitney have this conversation while they're spray painting or like decorating for tiki torches. Um, I was kind of waiting for Leah McSweeney to run in there naked and throw it across the yard, but she never made an appearance. And they were talking all about um, Monica and the situation. And Whitney is, you know, um, Lisa, I have no choice but to, I believe Monica, I have to believe the victims as someone that has been abused. You know, I have to believe the victims. And I agree with Whitney and bless her heart for having that kind of, um, heart for victims. And I do believe we should be, uh, blame, um, always believing victims, but I think Lisa's a little smarter and I think she's able to see in this moment, uh, it's so bad with Monica and her mom. Well, why is she bringing her on this goddamn show? Like, I think Monica, I think Lisa is like, uh, yeah, this is her storyline. 
because she's seen her be, you know, turned up and be a bitch. And she's like, Monica is not, you know, little Miss Sunshine, just trying to kind of like get along with mommy. And I'm with Lisa on that, guys. I am with Lisa on this. So um, there was a couple other little conversations between Meredith. Meredith makes a small little appearance with Heather and goes away and doesn't really, she doesn't have a huge part in the, in the episode. Heather has an adorable scene with her, um, her kids. She has an adorable scene with her kids getting ready for Whitney's daughter's birthday party, which looked so fun. It was this Hawaiian luau roller skating party. And, um, and she's getting ready and she's like, going through some presents with her adorable teenage daughters. They seem like such good kids. Don't you love watching Heather as a mom? I think Heather is such a good mom. Just love her. So she basically is saying, um, she was, she gets on a call with Angie, Angie K. And Angie says, oh yeah, I was at the, I was at the, brunch yesterday where Lisa was able to tell me about or tell us about where her son Jack is going on his mesh. And Heather was upset about it, about it. She was clearly feeling FOMO that she wasn't invited and she doesn't understand why Lisa keeps kind of keeping her out of these events. But I get Lisa for this because Heather is straight up talking shit about going on a mission. Why would you invite an ex-Mormon who is against the Mormon culture on a celebration lunch for your son's Mormon experience. So it does really make sense why she wasn't invited. I don't know why Heather would be bummed about not getting invited. She's not that close to Lisa. But it's clear that this is a storyline that she's trying to connect with Lisa and she keeps feeling like she's not able to. I just don't think Lisa really likes Heather. I love Heather. I thought I think Heather is great. So, um, oh my God, then we're at this fun party and everyone's roller skating and having fun. And this is where Heather and Monica are sitting down and Heather finally opens up to Lisa that she's heard now from Whitney that Lisa doesn't believe Monica's issues about her mom. And this is when Monica just becomes a little wild card. Monica is unhinged, y'all. She literally cannot have a conversation without turning it up to a hundred. She turns it so high, so up, and then she gets in your face, in your face, and she just doesn't stop talking. We'll get more to that later. But so it already started here. And Lisa's like, I, I, it was just a snarky comment. Okay. And then this was the conversation where Monica was such a B basically saying like, look, you're acting like my mom. You're like Ted. My mom is like Ted Bundy. Oh my God, I was so done with that. I was like, this needs, this is over the top. Monica's over the top with how she's making her mom the entire storyline. She's playing such a victim, but she can't stop bringing up her mom in every single scene. Why is her mom her story? She's such a, like, if her mom is that messed up, keep her off the goddamn show. Was this the only way that she was able to be on Real Housewives was because she needed to have a wacky mom? Like, why would you ever bring on your effed up relationship with your mother on your show? This is like, it's giving Lydia from OC. I don't get it. It's very odd for me and it feels very manipulative. And anytime that you're going to put someone in your family on the spotlight as being like the effed up person, yeah, I can't take you seriously. I just can't. Like go to therapy, get off a TV show. That's just my opinion. Um, so then, um, uh, 
they have this like big kind of falling out conversation in that place where Lisa ended up going and speaking to her husband about it and saying, Monica's crazy. Monica's just crazy. (laughs) I know that's so rude, but she was, I just, I can't get enough of her. And she's like texting and he's like, I think I'm going to go take the dog out. And she's like, love you. I just love her. (laughs) So then, oh my God. Yeah. Also Bronwyn and her mom. Yes. There's so many cases of this where you bring on your mom, who's just a mess for TV. Um, speaking of a good mom, I want Heather as my mom, Heather getting her daughter, Georgie ready for her date was the cutest scene I ever saw when she's doing her hair and she's just chatting with her. Are you going to kiss him? I freaking think Heather is, from what we're seeing, is one of the best moms I've ever seen. Like, she's just so wanting a healthy life for her daughters when she's like, I want you to be at UCSB, which is where I went to college, you know, in a string bikini and dancing with guys. Like, I want you to live your life. I just thought it was so cute. The last scene, which was obviously, and my last line on my notes simply says, Monica is so annoying. Like, that's, she reminds me of a freaking chihuahua. She really does not stop. They go to Whitney's jewelry party slash sound bath. Is there a party or an event that Whitney throws that doesn't include some sort of healing journey? I want to know. Is It's either a shaman, a sound bath, walking on coals, um, you know, burning papers, meditation, or like a, a spiritual situation. It's always that. So Lisa comes in and helps her out. And it looks like she's really being a good friend to Whitney in this episode by helping her with both the party parties. And she's, you know, uh, talking about the jewelry and then everyone slowly comes. Now, Lisa has issues with Angie right now because she knows that Angie and Monica are close. And she's telling Angie, you kind of told me all the bad things about Monica. I took your side. So now you're becoming friends with Monica. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can see that. I can see that. But in this conversation, you know, a little bit later, it gets heated because now all of a sudden we have Monica and we have Angie and we have Lisa. And Angie's in the middle trying to pacify Monica and be sweet with her. I mean, sorry, try to be trying to be sweet with Monica and be her friend, but also trying to pacify Lisa, who's not having their friendship. It turns into the last like five minutes of of Salt Lake City is the most like (laughs) the most annoying scene I've ever seen because Winnie's having a conversation about thank you so much for supporting this jewelry and I really appreciate that you're here and you just hear her voice in the background while these girls do not stop talking. Lisa's annoyed. Angie's um, trying to get involved. Monica comes back to Lisa. Lisa then has to defend what Monica said and then Angie says something to defend Monica and then Lisa can't handle it and she's yelling at Angie and it doesn't stop. And I keep thinking to myself, they have to be upping the sound of their conversation, right? They have to be making it louder because the room is stark silent according to the editing that we're hearing. It was so quiet and all we hear is them talking. Then they all turn to do a sound bath, which makes total sense at a jewelry event. What? And they're doing the sound bath and it doesn't stop. Now, when you're doing a sound bath, it's supposed to be silencio, okay? Silent. And they are doing it and they're going and they're going. And all of a sudden, you know, these girls do not stop talking. I would take 
the bowl, the sound bath bowl, and I would frisbee it over. And if it hit any one of those three, hopefully it would shut them up. It was so ridiculous. I would have lost my mind. As someone at the party, I would have been annoyed. As Whitney, I would have been annoyed. I mean, I guess the good thing about it was Whitney was like, well, this episode will definitely, or this scene will definitely air, which is good for my jewelry line. Because whenever there's a fight in a conversation, you know that there's going to be a little bit of a drama between the two of, like, if, if there's a fight at an event, you know that event is going to be shown on the show. So Whitney maybe was like, this is good because now we're going to get some eyes on Prism. Whitney looked amazing. Her husband, Justin, which I've completely changed my tune on because I met him at BravoCon. He's so kind, so nice, so tall, whiter teeth than you wouldn't even believe. White like the snow of Salt Lake City. White like... um white like Mary, um, Meredith's bathtub. You know what I mean? Clean, white, sparkling teeth. I do think he loves his wife. I do think he does. I think that this bullshit conversation that they keep having about like working it out and being there for each other and he has to go to work and who's going to take care of the kids and this is not the way marriage is and I need your help is just for the show. I don't think Whitney has much else going on. And so this is, you know, I think their relationship is fine. I think it's just like a produced conversation. But personally, if I had to pick someone on the island to hang out with over Lisa and Monica, actually, if it was a deserted island, I'd probably pick Monica because I feel like Monica would like get shit done. She would like yap her way to to find birds and, and like animals to possibly hunt. And Lisa would probably just like sit on the corner and complain that she didn't have Diet Coke. But if I were to be friends with anyone, I think it would have to be Lisa, even though Lisa's got her problems too. I'm very aware of it. None of these housewives are, are um, innocent completely, you guys. They're all effed up. Do you realize that every single one of these housewives, every single one of these podcasters we listen to, or radio show hosts, or bloggers, or TikTokers, like they're all effed up in some way. And the reason why is because it's TV. It's entertainment. You don't want someone that's 100% perfect. It's boring. The 100% perfect people go off into the sunset. We want this little like, you know, ups and downs. And every episode I have a new favorite and every season I have a new favorite and we can all watch the exact same show and have a completely different take on it. So that's why I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Thank you for dealing with me with the technical issues. I'm going to see if I can work something out here. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting Daily Dose of Donna and I'll see you guys or you'll hear my Patreon later today. Talk to you later. Bye.
back. We all have each other's numbers. And at the end of the day, me and Tamara can be shit shows sometimes. But think about all the women that came to support us on that Thursday night. Not one of them was paid to be there. And we had, you know, now we're over like 1.5 million downloads from just BravoCon. So it's like at that point, it's like you had to realize these are real relationships that are being built with real people that have a general respect for each other. And I do really respect the housewives and understand the work that it takes to go into it. And I do appreciate them, good or bad. That's why you're only as good as last week's episode. Yeah. And you guys, just so you know, like outside of the show and outside of the housewives world, like I see Teddy as a mom, a really, really good and active and present mom. She's always there for her kids. She's always the one that's like, you know, will choose if she can to be there for them for all their like things. And you go to the games and all of that. You've also been a great friend. We've seen it on the show, of course, but like we've seen it in real life, right? You've always been there. I remember back in the day, you would, you would text me some, like if I needed something, you would always be the one you hired me for all in to help like and coach and stuff. So not to be an all in coach, but for, it was a social media thing. It was the social media together. thing. Like you are someone that will, um, you know, help. I am a girl's work. girl. As much girl's as, girl. as much as I can be a shit talker, I really want everyone to succeed. And here's the thing. You could go on tomorrow and talk shit about me on your next show and say, I didn't agree with Teddy said here and do whatever. And if you came to me a week from now and said, Hey, I said these things, blah, blah, blah. But like, will you come on and let's talk about it? I will say yes. Yeah. Like I want everybody to do well. And I I really... I will, I will have to say you had a crazy ass weekend. You had a million downloads over the weekend, which is beyond. You've done so much. You've not slept <laughs> and, um, and you still agreed to do the show with me today. So I know that that's a big thing for me and for Daily Dose. And I appreciate you, Teddy. I really do. I think you're killing it. You look insanely amazing. And I know that you're going through your cancer journey and you're going through all of that, which is it can't be easy. I mean, I talk to Valerie about you all the time about it because oh, I, I worry about you. Like, it's so intense. So um, I hope that's going okay. Thank you. Oh, I have a question for you because I haven't had a chance to listen yet. Like, yeah. Uh, th- also, you could tell when things get serious in regards to my like personal health. I'm like, all right, let's move right along. I have to ask <laughs> you, did you listen to the Bethany and Denise um, podcast yet? I, I, I couldn't. I didn't have the bandwidth. But is there I any- just listened. To, I just watched the reel about it, but I haven't listened. And did you hear what Kelly Ben Simone said? How Kelly said that Bethany asked her to be on her show? No. Yep. She said it in her panel. So, I mean, really, who's ne- you're going to get asked next. Never. She'll never ask me. Well, you never know. (laughs) Um, She may ask my dog. But I love that it's like part one. I'm like, what is part two going to be? What are you? I don't know. The preview was her talking about Charlie Sheen. Like, is this just about her life or is it about the Bravo of it all? I don't know. I mean, what's your relationship with Denise? Same picture. Like, remember like two weeks ago where Raquel was in the picture. Denise. There was some girls from Dancing with the Stars. Jenny Garth. I know. I need to ask Jenny because I'm friends with Jenny. So. And, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Like, there was the most random group of people ever. But do you think, are you and Denise, like, at all on speaking terms? Oh, no. I'm like, like, the other day I went to, because I was posting, like, old videos from BravoCon, and I went to tag her, and I couldn't. So I, like, asked my social media guy, I'm like, why can't I tag Denise? He's like, you're blocked. <laughs> so oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Who I wasn't else block you? Say shit. I was just trying to like show a video and give everybody credit where credit's due. It was just our walking on stage. And I was like, oh, so I have no idea what she's up to. Who else has blocked you in this world? 
Vicky. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm blocked. I have to check. I don't know if I'm blocked or she's just doesn't follow me. Let me see if I can pull her up. This is how this is how much I care. (laughs) 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 I did. Tamara did ask me to check today if Heather Gay follows me and she doesn't. So that's why you have drama with Heather Gay now. No, no. But we just last year during the Jen Shaw stuff, I think we Mm. just recapped her and it pissed her off. Um, yeah, like Jen broke into your room and like took your makeup artist or something. Wasn't there like Yeah, I came with a jeweler and a therapist and all this stuff. <laughs> um, I must be blocked on Vicky Gumbelson because she does not pull up when I type in her name other than like tagged photos. So Oh I, I my think, God. I think uh, I mean, I think it's just Vicky and Denise. I mean, I, I don't even think LVP blocked me. So I, I you know. Well when you it- you have skin that is thicker than legit anyone I know, because to go through, I'm such a small, tiny little nothing on the internet and the hate that Stop I get. It. You're a, doing great. Okay. But sometimes it takes me down and I'm like a little nothing. So I can only imagine the bigger you are. But Jeff Lewis was on a show this morning and he was talking, he had, he had uh, Ronnie and Ben from Watch What Crappens on his show. And he was talking about, you know, all the trouble that he's getting in and everything that he's saying wrong. And he, he, he recognizes it. He recognizes yeah. it, but he was saying that, you know, the truth is, you will get hate the bigger you are. And the more that, like, it's, no one's going to want to follow vanilla. People don't want to follow boring. You are not boring, Teddy. And I don't know who says you're, I guess your voice is monotone, but your personality is not boring at all. We have to work (laughs) on your voice. Let's work on it. Uh, You know what? It it may be, uh, let's make an excuse right now. I'm not going to be accountable here. But when I first moved to LA, my first boss told me I couldn't have my Southern accent anymore because I'd answer his phone. I'm not going to out him, but like, I'd be like, right by the office. Hold on. Let me see if I can get him. And he was like, you can't talk like that. Like no one understands. Hold on, Will Smith. Let me get him real quick. Hold on. I'll be right back with you. And like, I think because I worked so hard to get rid of my accent. Now I'm just. You're just flat. But the second I get drunk, it's back. It's okay, back. So I, yes. Okay. So we just always need to be around Teddy. But you notice that like when you were with Shep on your show, it was so fun listening to the two of you guys, by the way, that was such a fun episode. I don't know. You were just laughing. You were just so much, you were so alive. I, if you guys have to go listen to her and Shep who grew up together. Oh my gosh. Did my accent come out there? Cause I was pretty drunk. Not as drunk as him who kept burping into the mic. I was like, Shep, you've burped three times into the mic. At least like pull it away. Did you hear that he was like a hot mess express this weekend? I mean, he always is, but like, what, what did he do? Oh no. Like supposedly just like yelling at fans and like at bars, like late at night or alone at poker tables. Like just not good. (laughs) Oh no. You gotta get, you gotta get uh, Shep into all in, but like just the drinking one. Well, I already had to give him a hard enough time about his shirt. I'm like, Shep, what the hell is this shirt with like an alcohol bottle and ice cubes and (laughs) Yeah, pouring out. And you don't, your pants aren't zipped up. But like, here's the thing. We can say what we want to say about Shep. I I did not think, Shep was my last interview at BravoCon. It was the end of the freaking day. In my mind, we hadn't heard from Shep in hours. I was like, there's no way he's coming. And I get a call and he's like, Tedro, I'm leaving. I'm on my way. You know, so like the fact, (laughs) like the fact that he still showed up, Aww. At least shows the kind of person that he is. And like he gets caught up in shit. And you know what? I give him a hard time about, you know, some of his cheating and things, his antics, but he's able to take it. 
If you no, could, he what? sounds like good people and you guys had fun together. I love that. Like if you ever need someone to fill in for Tamara, I swear you should ask Shep to do some shows with you because it was a good dynamic. I mean, he'll just have to pay attention to an actual t- the the amount of editing we had to do at that show to oh. cut out things Chef said. <laughs> well, you and you and Emily are adorable <laughs> together too. It's always very cute and Cynthia. So Teddy, love you. Thank you so much for being here. And you're releasing new episodes every five seconds this week, right? Yes, we should probably have one releasing in like the next two hours where we recap. Um, because me and Tamara hadn't really seen each other in a whole 24 hours. So we had, <laughs> How did you handle it? <laughs> we, had, we had to get it you together and recap. Um, so, yeah, we'll be recapping all the things. And then you guys, uh, thank you so much, Don. I appreciate having me on and all that. Aww. Well, I'm glad to talk to you, and, and I'll talk to you soon for sure. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <gasps> thank you, Ted. 